So I'm super excited to let all of our listeners know that we have our first sponsor. And this is a big deal for me. It's a big deal in many ways. But the most important thing is that I wouldn't choose a sponsor that I didn't believe in. And our sponsor is Denny Tato. She is the president of Corporate Consciousness, and she uses a tool called the Enneagram. And if you don't know what the Enneagram is, it's an amazing assessment, and it really helps in building emotional intelligence. I've used it. My husband has used it. I've recommended it to teams and to clients. But it's not just the tool. It's really more than that. It's Denny. Denny has this innate ability to coach teams and individuals. I know this because I coach others too. So take it from me. She's pretty amazing. So if you want to develop your greatest asset, your employees, you're ready to take it to the next level, check out corpconsciousness.com. His identity was so tied to this business success or failure. Yes, and and that's one of the key things that I always remind myself that the outcome is not attached to my identity. Failing. 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 I know. We talk about failure. Some battles you feel like you lost. And survival. Some battles you feel like you win. It's tough. I had to make some tough decisions. We've all faced failure, but what steps do we take to launch ourselves into success? I'm Sarah Brown. There is life, achieve your dream, and then what we do with it. And this is Failing Forward. I am so happy to introduce William Schumacher. He is the founder and CEO of UprisingFood.com. And William got recommended to me by my good friend Tiffany Papp, who always sends me the most awesome guests. <laughs> the last one that she sent me was Kirk Perry, who is was one of my favorite interviews. Mm. So, William, welcome, and thanks for being here today. Thank you, Sarah. So uh, let's let's start out actually with your current company right now, because I know you've had a couple startups. Yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about the current one. Why don't you tell listeners, and then we'll get into some background about you. Sure. Yeah. So uh, right now I run a company. I'm the founder and CEO of UprisingFood.com. Okay. And essentially we're a keto bread company. And we, uh, we sell our bread online. Uh, we're based here in Cincinnati, but we ship it all over the country. Okay. And this is going to sound like a dumb question, but that's a, there are no dumb questions. Right? <laughs> were you doing keto before this or were you like, dude, this keto thing is something and we're going we're gonna to find a solution for the people that do keto? So I have been... You have to be honest. Yes. Yes. Full honesty here. So <laughs> um, I have been into totally weird biohacking experiments for years. Okay. So saying I do keto would be oversimplifying okay. what I do by a long shot. Right. I have like all these intertwined strategies working together that I tested over time, got my blood taken, ate one way, ate a different way, got it all taken. So I have developed the William plan, okay, which a core component of it was giving up bread to mm. create a cyclical ketosis lifestyle. So for my biology, I learned that it's not best to be in deep ketosis forever. Yeah, It's better for me to come in and out from time to time. Okay. However, what I learned after giving my plan to so many people over the years was that most people are not as weird and disciplined as me yeah, and are not going to yeah. try all these crazy things and change all these various habits to get some sort of health outcome. Most people would maybe try it for a little bit and then go off of it. But I knew like what the benefits were 
if you could stick with this type of lifestyle. Okay. Then, you know, over time I'm at PNG, I'm I'm like realizing, oh, how do you actually help consumers? Yeah. It's not necessarily by giving them a bunch of information that tells them what to do differently because habit change is so hard. Yes, it is. It's actually to create better products, better systems, better things in this world that people can use as tools in their tool chest. Yeah. And so I basically, long story short, bundled up all the things that I had learned for myself into a product that happens to be bread. Yeah. That makes it so a whole lot more people can get the healing, the stuff that I have figured out over time. So um, I know that you also worked on a new beauty brand when you worked at Proctor. (laughs) What's the difference between working on that and working on this for you? Mm, Actually, very, very similar. Okay. Uh, So I always tell folks that uh, Uprising is beauty-inspired. Uh, I came from the home of beauty brands. Yeah. And I came from Olay. Okay. Uh, yes, I also started a beauty brand while I worked at PNG. Um, but honestly, what I'm doing is I'm rebuilding the Olay of bread. And so, what I love about Olay and where I grew up in marketing and branding was Olay is a brand for the people, it's yeah. a brand for the masses, it's a brand for women all over the world. And what I'm setting out to do is build a bread brand for the masses. I think that food can be fundamentally reformulated to be better for people, but I'm not here to do it for only the people who can afford it mm-hmm. or the upper echelon, uh, the, the, the people who are educated even on like what, what ingredients they should be eating, what they shouldn't. I'm here to just make a freaking awesome product that has all the learnings embedded, yeah. has all the right stuff but it's actually here to serve the masses. Because once you start doing that, then the influence, impact, the hearts that you can change, the lives that you can change, it's just so much more significant. So honestly, what I'm doing is rebuilding a lay just in bread. Bread. Yes. That's cool. Thanks. So did you, how did you know that you wanted to do this? How'd you get into this? (laughs) So I knew from the time I was a little kid that I was going to be an entrepreneur. And, uh, I, I grew up in a family. My dad was an entrepreneur, very small time. He built log homes. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yep. So I grew up, you know, I remember dad would bring the customers into the home that we lived in. It was the model home overlooking the river in the woods, uh, you know, just outside Cincinnati. In New Richmond. In New Richmond. Love that. Yep. Yep. Um, and so I grew up and that and my dad always cultivated that kind of entrepreneurial spirit in me, yet my mom was very different than from my dad, yeah. and she was super passionate about health. A dental hygienist by, by trade, trade, but actually a certified health coach. And so really? my entire childhood... My father was in, you know, I was looking to him as like my role model. Like, yeah. you know, I looked up to him like building things like that. I, was, I became like a builder early on. But then at the same time, I was very um, influenced by all the knowledge that my mom was pouring into me around how to be healthy. So I And I feel like your mom was a health coach like before there were many health coaches out yes, there. Yes, yeah. She was early into... Right? Yes. I mean, she had 
always been passionate about health from the time she was young. Um, and then always, I think her first job out of college even was like at a, a vitamin store. A health food store or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. So that was always a part of her. Um, and she, you know, transferred that to me. Okay. So your dad's log cabin business, does he still have it? No. What happened? So, so my dad's business actually failed. Um, that was actually probably one of the most formative things for me, Mm -hmm. um, was to be a part of a family that went through a business failure Yeah, and to not be the one in the driver's seat or have any ability to impact the outcome. Right. But how old were you? Um, I think when my dad's business failed, I was in middle school. Okay. Like right around there. So And was it a big thing? Was yes. it traumatic? Yeah, definitely. I mean it like the the real honest truth is that it destroyed our family. You know, really? my mom and dad ended up getting divorced later on. Um, it really like it really destroyed kind of the the family unit yeah. um, as we were constructed and you know, it creates a whole bunch of um other wounds yeah. and 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 issues the fears exactly exactly but that was um honestly i think one of the things that shaped me the most and was very influential um in how i kind of operate and and the things that you know made me me today was experiencing what that type of failure can do to a family yeah um yeah, that, it was absolutely a pivotal moment for me. Okay. How did it impact you? So because, I, interestingly, yeah. you've become an entrepreneur. Some <laughs> yeah. people would be like, no way, Jose. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I, so it, it impacted me in a couple ways. Um, it definitely didn't scare me away from entrepreneurship by any stretch of the imagination. What it did teach me, though, was the importance of priorities. Okay. And where a where business and family um, can get uh, misprioritized. Mm. Um, and in order, for, especially for any um, entrepreneur to be successful, the whole family has to be united behind the business. And, and at the same time, the leader of the business, the entrepreneur, yeah. must must in advance say the family is actually the number one priority and the business comes second. William, are you married? Not yet. Okay. Not yet? <laughs> Not yet. What does that mean? Uh, that that means uh, <laughs> pretty soon. Okay. <laughs> Listeners will let you know about that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and I asked that because that's probably a conversation that you've had with your partner, right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I love, okay, that's amazing. All right, what else? That's a really good <laughs> pearl of wisdom. Yeah, so um, so that obviously it was a super important like shaper of priorities for me. And I also experienced this, you know, when I went to Procter & Gamble. Yeah. Where you have a bunch of people who are super driven, achiever mentality. Yeah. And their priority would end up becoming these achievements that they could get in, you know, they could get that high of, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. And for me, I was like, that's not the life that I want. Yeah. That doesn't mean I can't go do great things. That doesn't mean I can't 
build things of meaning, that doesn't mean I can't have the impact that these folks are having. It just is a matter of like, where are your priorities and where do you get your sense of self-worth from? Okay, well, let's come back to that. I want to pop back to your dad. Have yeah. you had multiple conversations with him about this? Or is this all you? Uh, this is this is really conversations that I have developed off to the side. Yeah. Um, things that I've explored in myself. Yeah. Uh, and with and from observing people who I really respect. Yeah. So I think one of the you know one of the things that I want to do at some point in my life is be able to have this conversation with my dad. Yeah. Because. Not only did it destroy our family, but it fundamentally changed my father. Like when I grew did it up, break him. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, my when I grew up, my dad was like man on fire. Mm. You know, like one of those people that when he walks into the room, it's like he has Presence. this aura yeah. that just radiates from him. Yeah. And after he, you know, his business failed, and then the Divorced. subsequent things that happened. It made it, it like he became like a shell of himself. And I think one of the biggest lessons that I took away from that was his identity was so tied to this business success or failure. Yes. And and that's one of the key things that I always remind myself that the outcome is not attached to my identity. Uh, okay, so everything in me is like ringing right now because mm. when I closed my my business, the blow dry bar, that was one of the biggest learning lessons I think I had to receive because it was so attached to me. Mm. Like I, I, it was to the point where you know when I would go out, people would be like, "Oh yeah, you've got the blow dry bar," or "That's the one that's got this," and. It became too much of my identity. And then when it bombed, it was like, well, what I have left? Mm. What, Like, where is my self-worth? So I get that 100%. And I think it's an easy thing, especially in American yeah. culture of, um, you know, build yourself up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Here's the Here's what you can achieve. Mm -hmm. Uh, here's what success looks like. Yeah. Here's the ladder. And anyone here can do it. I think it's so easy for people to be told the lie that your identity is based on what you achieve. So, uh, okay. So the people that you know that do that, that really do a good job of their work or their achievements are not their self-worth. Mm -hmm. How do they do that? Because I think that's important for people. How do you stop that from happening? Well, the negative one. Yes. So the number one biggest thing, like by far and away, yeah. is there are people who the number one grounding force in their life is their faith. And I think that is actually, if I look at, when I look at the things that, um, those people yeah. who their identity is not tied to their achievements versus those that I feel are, mm -hmm. the common thread is that when you believe in Jesus and you that's where your identity actually is, you are able to release yourself from the things of the world. So I 
100% agree with you. I, I'll i phrase it in a different way. I'll say if you believe in something higher than yourself. Yes. I don't care. For me, it's I don't care what that is. And for some people, it's even just believe in maybe a community. That yes. could be higher or fellowship. That could be higher than yourself. Yes. And that is for sure a theme that I have seen in almost all of my guests. Yes. Because it's not re- reliance on self. Bingo. Exactly. I think that was the other learning lesson that I had to get because there was too too much self-reliance. And there, I also think there's a... And I'm kind of falling back into that, though, I must say. Mm. I got to watch it. Mm. Maybe that's why I'm supposed to be talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm Who not knows? kidding. Yeah. There are no coincidences. <laughs> true. True. What were you going to say? I interrupted. I also think that... Um, there, somewhere along the way, and it probably happened within the last year, um, I had a transformation internally where I realized I actually cannot control any outcome yeah. in life. Yeah, what, totally agree. What I can control is the seeds I'm planting today or how I lay the bricks. Yeah, right? and how I respond to it. Exactly. And so I think what happens oftentimes is people have this false sense of control of outcome. Yes. And then when they, that outcome doesn't happen, it was actually just a construct that they put together in their mind. We all do it. Yeah. Like my expectation is X. Yes. Therefore, if it doesn't happen, I I could be a failure. Right? Yeah. And, I, and I love this quote, premeditated expectations become resentments. Mm, yes. Dude, I used to have a lot of resentments. <laughs> a lot, William. Mm. I'm working on those. <laughs> um, okay, so I love this concept. I'm going to go back again to as an entrepreneur with your family, really um, having that conversation and being intentional around the the job is not my number one priority. Family is number one. Right. I mean, I, you know, for me, and I'm married, no kids, but I think that's even a reminder to have that conversation with my husband. Like, regardless of what happens out here, you are my still my number one priority. Yes, yes. And, you know, as we alluded to a little bit ago, I've had this conversation with my hopefully soon-to-be <laughs> wife <laughs> um, that we need to be aligned on mission. And, okay. we, and if the job or the company that I'm building or I'm CEO of right now is the manifestation of what we feel like we're supposed to be on this or doing together, yes, great. Then we're behind it together. But we are continually returning to, hold on, that thing can't even play out unless okay. we are the priority. So how did you figure out what? that mission was? So for me, that was a, um, that was a process of feeling from my very, very early days um, that I was on the earth to do a couple key things. Build stuff. Yeah. um, Do things that affect the masses. Yes. Heal the broken. And so those are these, these are these like guiding things that I have always believed or for a very, very long time that this is basically what I'm uniquely wired for. Okay. Heal the broken. How's that happen with a bread company? 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> or is that something separate? Like maybe the two things you do. Well, so heal the broken has multiple meanings. Okay. First off. Okay. <laughs> so there's the very um, obvious, very simple that food is going to create either it could oh. it could wreak havoc on you or it could yes. create healing. Duh. Right? I should have known that. <laughs> and there's a lot of people with yeah. broken bodies out there. Yes. Broken metabolisms, just broken spirits then even because of where their health mm-hmm. is. Um, and so first thing I want to do is heal the broken in the sense of let's get your health on track. Yeah. Let's create healing for your body through the food that you're eating. And not only just like, can we, can we, not only should we tell you like what to eat, but let's make it taste freaking good. Right. So <laughs> I was actually secretly hoping you were going to bring me some today. Um, I actually would have, yeah. except yeah. I would only bring it fresh <gasps> okay. and we didn't bake today. All right, fine. So Okay. Uh, rain check. Okay, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> or I could just go buy it, which is what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay, fair I'll enough. I'll be your customer. <laughs> we'll take that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's the, you know, wa- I want to help heal the broken at the very, like, very practical, simple level. Like, let's bring healing to bodies, right? Mm-hmm. However, I also believe that when we can heal and fix that problem, then that opens up an individual to start to consider other things in their life. So if I can get the stress of what I look like or how I'm feeling or Mm -hmm. lack of energy or all these various things or like my doctor's saying like your blood work is really out of control and and if you don't fix something, you've got a real problem. Yeah. Um, If I can get those things off someone's plate by just simply giving them a better product, then they could address bigger things that might need healing in their life. Whether that be I need um, relationship healing, whether I need spiritual healing, whatever that is, yeah, I want to get something off your plate. Like American society is like, put more on the plate, put more on the plate, put, like do this. So do like that. most people would not, A, wouldn't know what those three things were for their mission, personal mm. mission. And then, and then to know, like for this bread company to come up. So when you were searching for this, mm-hmm. were you looking for a couple businesses like, did you know the mission before and then this happened or it happened at like parallel path? So the I have been waiting eagerly for a long time to ha- take my shot. Yeah. So I also believed, okay, if those are my guiding vi- visions yes. and like, okay, this, this is Your what- purpose. Th- exactly. I also believed I would know my moment. And so rather than rush it, I was going to learn and prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare and take in every possible bit of knowledge, wisdom that I could soak up from everyone around me. And then when I felt like the moment would come, I would jump. And so when I went to PNG, mm-hmm. when I started a brand inside PNG, when I was surrounded by incredible leaders who poured into me, when I was in banking, all of these things, I was mapping, this is going to matter at right. some point. And I don't know when, but I'm just going to keep banking all of this information, all of this wisdom. And then when it comes, I'll know. Okay, I think that that is such a good reminder, especially today when we 
we work in a job for two years and we think, well, I should be promoted. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of that, instead of thinking, I should, I should, I should, it's what can I take in and learn? Because there's a reason why I've been given this opportunity. Yes, exactly. And I was always, so one of the things I always tell people is if you need like some sort of guiding light, you're like a little bit lost and like, where do I go next? I would say like, Go relentlessly pursue your conviction. Whatever you're convicted about, like go after that and and, f- and doors will open because of that. Yeah. So what I was convicted about was I needed to prepare. I needed to learn from people because I, I was going to be called into something very big at some point. Yeah. And, and you knew that. Exactly. And I am not a person who it's hard to have business ideas. I have a constant flow of them. Like for years and years and years, I've had many ideas that- So you had to sit on them sit and on be them. patient. And, and not only just sit on them, dismiss them. Okay. So I'm guessing that through prayer and meditation, yes. that's where you figured those things out. And I think a lot of people today are really trying to do more prayer and meditation yes. to listen to inner self, God, whatever you want to say. Yes. For that for that information. And I think we've I, I will say I um failed to do that because mm-hmm. I want to like be quick start and I want to get this done and do that. Um but sometimes it it you have to go slow to go fast. Yes. Yes. And I, I think also um you know there there's mentors and I think there's like uh, an even another concept of like the wise counselor. Explain that. So I think that um there's people who have incredible uh, discernment and they have wisdom as well. Yeah. Um, but when you're really str- like struggling with, do I go path X or Y? Yeah. Do I go fork in the road left, fork in the road Y? Um, you need to be checking with people who have great wisdom and discernment. So they have experience. Mm-hmm. They've been through things. But they're very good judges of this or that, this or that. You're like right. I know you, I I have, and I love you and care about you. Exactly. So I'm going to give you, yeah, yes, feedback regardless of and no ego involved. Yes, and then you're marrying that. That's like a data set in and of itself. And I think that's really important for listeners that. To search those people out, find those people who can help you, who can speak some truth, who can give you that feedback. Yes, absolutely. And then, you know, one of the things that I've always um, been been blessed with is that I feel like I um, I feel like when a door becomes open to me, yes, it I am not afraid to step through it, and it becomes very obvious. Okay. So for me, I was getting like. Is that what you're feeling about getting married? No, just, kidding. <laughs> just, just kidding, Williams girlfriend. So, so there, um, for me, I was getting a lot of like very specific vision around what this keto bread brand was going to be. Okay, like to the point where I was like, "Oh, that's the copy on the product page." <laughs> like that's literally what this thing is going to say and these are going to be the okay, images. Okay, okay. <laughs> when are you getting these? 
Like, are you getting them early in the morning, late at night? Because I'll get things right before I wake up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's such a good idea. (laughs) I was listening to the woman who um, I did a master class of the um, Sarah. She invented Spanx. Oh, uh, Blakely? Yes. Yep. And she gets ideas when she's driving in her car. And so now every day she will drive. She only lives six minutes Mm. from her office. She'll drive for an hour. And that's when she gets ideas. When do you get yours? I feel like I have, I'm just like a constant bombardment of ideas. <laughs> so uh, for me, it's like I literally have a constant stream of them happening. And oh I mean, if you if you talk to my girlfriend, yeah, she would she would validate. Like I'll just literally like, hey, what do you think of this idea? What do you think of this idea? What do you think? Yeah. Hey, I think we should do this with uprising. And and it's just they just don't they just come. stop. Yeah. Um, and so mine is more about looking at the pattern within the stream of ideas okay and seeing where there's consistency because you've got so many yeah okay or or they become clearer and clearer and clearer over time okay that's cool yes so for you it's more the spigot is always flowing but you've got to like to turn the spigot down is when you find themes and patterns through them yes exactly okay and then i also look for um Unexplainable coincidences. Yeah. But like a pattern. I love those. <laughs> uh, and that was one of the major things that happened with Uprising. What was it? Um, so I actually gave notice at PNG um, before I actually had a way to bake the product. Really? So I had prototyped the product in my kitchen. I'd baked over 200 loaves myself oh my and taken it to mom and grandma yeah. and me and my sister, you know, going back and forth on recipes. Um, and I I knew that it could be done, but I knew I was not the person to bake every single loaf. Right. I needed a pro to team up with mm-hmm. in order to create a product that was going to be as good as I felt it needed to be. And so at the same time, I said, this is definitely it. Yeah. Like this is this is that moment I was waiting for forever. Yes. I know this is what I feel that God is calling me to. Yes. And I'm not afraid to run after it and burn my ships now. So October of last year, I tell my mentors, I tell all these people at PNG who I love dearly and yeah. they love me, um, hey, I'm leaving, even though you know, y'all, this is a great place and I am not unhappy in any way, shape, or form. I'm leaving and I'm leaving January 1st. Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. So, so at the time, all I had was 200 loaves baked and a completely baked plan. No okay. pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> of how this was going to go down. And I had so much specificity in my mind um, around how this was going to play out and in what sequence. Now... I am not a person to get anxious. Like at all. Anxiety is not a feeling I feel. Yeah. I just if when things don't go as expected, I just pivot and you're roll fine. Roll with it. Yeah. I just okay, well, what next? What next? What next? That's basically how my mind works. Well, I give a notice and then my little my my base plan didn't work. <laughs> that okay. I thought was like, oh, this would obviously work. Right, like, right. I was going to team up with this one baker and yeah. we'd it's get off great. the ground and you know, all would be good. Well, I have a, a horrible meeting with this baker oh, and I go, oh my gosh, that plan is not going to work. To work. Right. 
Now, I've already burned my ships, so there's no going back right. at PNG. Right. Okay. And I'm convicted that this is it. So I'm like, gosh, what's plan B? There really wasn't a plan B at the time. So in a um, moment of like, I can't sleep, I'm feeling tons of anxiety and yeah. I never feel this. I literally flip on the, the lights in my apartment mm -hmm. downtown and I go out to my living room, pull out my laptop and get every crazy idea on how to do baking off my chest. So Gosh. literally I thought, oh, I'll partner with the free store food bank. We'll get people <laughs> off the street, come into Not the a bad commercial idea. kitchen right. and I'll have them all baking up a storm. Right. Right. Like uh, <laughs> every idea, every crazy solution. I'm getting it out there yeah. in the ether. So um, I literally, I get them all out. And my last idea was, you know, someday it would be great to partner with Blue Oven Bakery. Oh my goodness. My original pitch deck yeah. said, someday, eventually when we make it big enough, we'll, we'll be able to have the credibility to call up Blue Oven Bakery and see if they'll work with us. Well, I was like, I got, there's no time like the present. I got nothing to lose at this point. Oh so I send the simplest email of all time. And I reach out and I say, hey, I'm William. I'm leaving PNG. I want to bring keto bread to the masses. If you're interested in the incremental revenue, call or email me here. That's okay? it. That's it. However, th close the laptop, go into my room. I pray about it. I'm yeah. like, God, I don't know how to get this done. Yeah. I need you. Like I'm at my wits end. Yes. I I'm out of ideas. I'm never a guy who's out of ideas. <laughs> like help me. Yeah. Right? Go to bed, get a call the next morning, and I look at my phone and it's like Williamsburg, Ohio. I'm like, wait a minute, I think that's where Blue Oven Bakery is based. No yeah. So of course I answer it. Answer the phone. Voice on the other end is like, hey. I'm like, hey. He's like, oh, uh, this isn't who I thought this was. And we go, uh, you know, you're having this little like yeah. weird back and forth. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay. He's like, okay, this is going to sound really crazy. But the only reason I called you, I got your email. The only reason I called you is because I just finished a piece of business with a guy named William Schumacher. Are you Kidding me. Blue Oven Bakery sought out by people all over to partner. Of course. Okay, they, they are nonstop solicited with people yeah. who want to partner with them. Hardly any of those emails ever get returned. And the only reason he answered mine is because of my name. Oh, my of course, God. I'm getting chills up and down, you know, right. as, as this call is happening. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So what did you say? So then, of course, I'm like, uh, well... I'm not, so he's asking me like, are you, uh, you're obviously not him. Like, are you related? Cause he was thinking like, maybe this little business thing that I right. had, like, is, is like in trouble or like, didn't, isn't working. Like, why would this person be calling me saying, let's create a bread company together. Yeah. And so quickly I'm like, you know, that's not me. Don't know. I'm not related that I know of. He's like, well, I got your email. So tell me more. And then I just go into my thing like, man, I want to help all these people. Like everyone, all these people are hurting. Like they just need a better bread. I've baked these loaves myself, but I can't bake it all. I need you. And and he just had the same heart as me. Like people, you know, call Blue Oven and- And, and they want that. Exactly. And they find out 
or or what will happen often is like they'll find out their daughter or son has celiac, mm-hmm. can't eat great beloved bread anymore. And literally they might call Mark and Sarah like crying. Oh my god. Because you, you, you William, that is insane. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. So okay, so you guys so you talk to him. Does it just happen pretty smoothly or do you have any hiccups? With like <laughs> negotiating with him and you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. Well, creating a partnership out of thin air like that yeah. is hard work. Right. Um, it requires a ton of relationship building. Yeah. Um, it requires a ton of what's my read on this person? Yeah. Across from me. Um, and we had to put the work in. We had to put the work in to to really get to a level of trust with each other that it's like, I got your back, you mm-hmm. got mine. We are in this together no matter what. So has that was that last when was that? October? So or like November. I first met uh Mark and the Blue Oven gang October of last year. Um and then we worked on, you know, formulating our product and and what we sell now, which tastes amazing and a blue oven quality yeah. product. Um did any of it change? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like my, so- my prototypes aren't they're remotely the same thing oh my as what Mark and Sarah created, Aww. which which I had no pride. I, I was just like, yeah, I was like, look, I needed to bake this to know it could be done. Right. And I was eating it. And you needed to be able to say to people, I cooked 200 loaves. 100 Baked 200. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious when I took my prototypes to Mark. Um, that he was able to deconstruct the ingredients in my loaf without me saying anything about what's in it. Are you kidding? He literally could palate alone. He could say, "Oh, you put this in, you put this in." I'm like, "Yep, a pro. This this is the difference between me and a professional baker." <laughs> so Rachel DeRochers was on too. Okay, do you know her? I don't know her personally. She's grateful Grams. Yep, she makes. yep, totally. Um, and she is friends with them too. But my friends and I call him Sexy Jesus. <laughs> and I've never met him before in my life. But I, I brought that. that up on her episode and I'll bring it up again. Yeah. And I always get a I giggle from Bart, the engineer about Sexy Jesus. And, you know, it just keeps going. Yeah. I love that. All right. So so you, I, I loved the start with your dad and mm. you give it like it, it sounds like his challenge became your success. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. So, um, and you said someday you'll have that conversation with him, right? If you, let's close out. If you were to have that conversation with him, what would you tell him? What gift did he give you? Mm. Well, first thing I would say to my dad is that I'm super proud of him. Regardless of the outcome of what happened. Like, I would want him to feel what I have actually learned. But I want him to feel it. Like, Dad, I'm proud of you. Like, you, what happened is is not your identity, right? And because that happened, and because that happened and I was a part of it, that has set me up to be able to do something very different in this world. And I hope that I will also be able to say to him, Look at the family that I have been able to create. Mm-hmm. And 
if I hadn't experienced the adversity that our family experienced, I wouldn't be the man that I am now. So like, that's ultimately what I want to be able to say to my dad. Yeah. Well, I hope you're able to tell him that. And all of our listeners, I think, are going to want to eat the bread, not only because of its great taste, but because of you and your vision behind it. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm literally about to propose to my girlfriend on Sunday. <laughs> I didn't mean I was totally the girl in the room, right? Yeah. Like wanting to be like, so when's it gonna happen? Because I know it's gonna happen. <laughs> and I'm looking at Bart and Dan, who works here, was in there too when I said that, and they were both like, "Oh my god!" Every guy I'm sure is like, "There's the pushy broad." That is so exciting. No, in my head, I'm like, "Would all this be published?" Because like, I know I can see your wheels turning. Down. No, it won't and go I've been like. I literally picked up the ring today. It's in my car outside right now. Dude, why did you leave it in your car? It's locked. You just picked it up? Yeah. How are you going to do it? So, um, my, we have in my family, the women have the annual Christmas cookie making day. Cute. Love okay. it. I love it. I love so, it. So, Christmas cookie making day is going down Sunday. Okay. So, that gets her out and yeah. in a controlled environment. <laughs> I'm then going to go into the house, set up the entire thing, place the cameras, you know, get oh my get, get my entire environment ready. Yeah. And then she's going to come home and she she doesn't want to do it in a big public place. She just wants yeah. to have that like super intimate. Yeah. Hey, here, you know, here, us. Did you moment. write, have you written something? I, I'm in the process. Yeah. So it's not complete yet. It's so exciting. And then- I'm making this, um, it's called, it's going to be called the blessing box. Yeah. So I'm going to take, um, you're like so cute. A, a nice <laughs> gift box. Okay, sorry. Nice and, gift box. And I'm going to have everyone put, um, like a handwritten blessing slash like kind of yes. words Yes, I have of a effort. book like that. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going, and they're, so they'll all be sealed in envelopes. The parents are going to put it in first. She's going to get the blessing box as a part of the proposal, but she can't open the things until after our wedding night. So oh I'm God. thinking like honeymoon, we are able to, and then maybe every year on our anniversary, we're able to like go get the things back out of the blessing box. Yes. Reread them. How did you come up with this? Just, okay. It was one of your ideas, wasn't yeah. it? It was one of your ideas. Yeah. Do you think she knows it's this weekend? I think she's probably thinking it's this weekend. Yeah. But but also not like 100% sure, like enough. Yeah. Like, I don't oh know God. if he's going to do it before Christmas oh or not. Right. It's so perfect to do before Christmas too. <laughs> yes. Because then you can celebrate. Yes, exactly. Oh so. All right. That was so good. In order to keep the show going and growing, we need the help of great advertisers. But we want to make sure these partners are people you actually want to hear from. So we need to learn a little bit more about you. Please go to failforwardpod.com backslash survey and take an anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. Again, that's failforwardpod.com backslash survey. I want to thank our sponsor, Corporate Consciousness, and everyone behind the scenes, especially Adrian Donica and the team at Gwyn Sound. Also, please find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Fail Forward Pod. 